0: Hey guys, welcome to episode one of Climbing the Curve. This is the first full episode after the pilot. And today it's going to be all about trade hubs. So why do they exist? What are the major trade hubs? And today we're also going to have our first interview guest, someone who recently copped the nickname Anaconda, the owner of the largest player run trade hub in EVE and probably one of the most interesting and talked about personalities in New Eden. More on that later. As promised, we will also have a look at one interesting data point uh, in the EVE universe uh, that we'll go over. And then I will also share one item or an item group that I have traded in that's made me a lot of money to get you going on your ISK-making adventures. If you're joining us for the first time today, my name is Oz. If you don't already know me from Twitch or from YouTube, I'm a veteran EVE player with a focus on the markets and trading and the ecosystem of EVE. And I also run the eve investment fund which is a community mutual fund where i take about a trillion ISK from the eve community and i invested in the markets sharing everything on stream and helping people to learn how to trade while we're at it so let's jump right into our topic for the day trade hubs if you've spent any time in EVE at all, you've probably come across one of the major trade hubs already. Chances are you also know what JIDA is, uh, but we'll talk about that later. So why do trade hubs exist in the game? Trade hubs exist in the game because we have players that are spread out all across the galaxy. Uh, and they are local miners, radders, mission runners, PVPers. And they don't always want to travel to the center of the galaxy to sell their stuff. So typically, they will go to the closest hub that uh, they can see on the map or that they've heard about uh, or where they see current orders and they go there to sell it. So that way, it saves them time and it's a big convenience. On the other hand, you have demand for local goods as well. You have people wanting to buy ships, wanting to buy modules uh, and and other consumables to go after those activities like mining, ratting, mission running, PVPing, etc. In between all that, you've got traders and producers who are trying to profit from the supply and demand in the various different hubs. So what they're trying to do is they're trying to optimize the supply chain or the logistics between all the hubs. So the location and the amount of trade hubs you're going to find in this type of sandbox universe is going to depend not only on geography, but also on the value that players are going to place on convenience. And inversely the amount of profit that traders and producers can make from shipping items from one trade hub to the other or producing items in one trade hub or the other based on raw material prices in the end there are two reasons why interhub trade exists one is the difference in supply of goods so there might be a different uh, there might be different products up for sale because of you know various different lp stores or uh, or or loot that might differ, or even minerals, uh, which which hasn't been uh, much of an issue in the in the past, but will be a lot in the future with all the changes that are coming. And then you also have price difference. So a lot of times you have a price difference between the hubs, and you will have traders trying to capitalize on uh, exactly that because they can buy in one hub and sell in the other. And the question is always just, is it worth it to ship those items from one to the other? So essentially, is the price difference high enough? for you to want to make that investment in time and effort. So let's talk about the different types of trade hubs. Most of the in-game trade happens at NPC trade hubs. So for example, Jida, Amar, Odoo Dixie. These are run by the different factions and are essentially safe from attack and have fixed brokerage fees that you can influence by your trading skills and faction standings. Then we have player-run trade hubs, so for example in a Keepstar or in a Sotillo structure. And these are not only found in highsec but also in lowsec and in nullsec, where alliances may have their own trade hubs. Uh, and The most famous one in highsec is the Tranquility Trading Tower in Perimeter, which is one jump from JIDA. That's the topic of our interview later in the show. The reason some players, especially high-volume traders, decide to trade out of a player run hub is because these structures allow broker fees to be a lot lower than the fixed broker fees in npc stations so for example while the sales tax is fixed uh, the the lowest broker fees that you can have at a player owned station is one percent half of which goes to the owner and half of which goes to an npc uh, corporation so essentially out of the game that compares to 3% with perfect skills and perfect standings uh, in JITA. So in the end, you're going to be able to cut your broker fees to one third uh, just by moving the buy orders out to a player-owned station. The reason I say buy orders is because sell orders most investors or most traders still don't move uh, out to a player run structure because that would mean you having to put all the items in that player run structure not only is that a risk but it also means that uh, you would have to find a buyer uh, outside of the main trade hub and that is a challenge because most players will still go to the main trade hub to out of convenience to go shopping for modules for ships etc so the the optimal way that has developed over the years is putting your buy orders in a player run structure where you can set the range of the buy order to one jump, as we discussed in, uh, in the pilot episode. And most of the time your order will still get fulfilled uh, in the major trade hub and not uh, one jump away. So let's have a look at what the trade hubs are in EVE Online. So you have JIDA in the Forge region, of course. JIDA's market volume is bigger than all of the other trade hubs combined. So if you're looking for a place where trades are happening, JIDA is your bet. Some people will tell you that competition is way too high in JIDA to make money. I always recommend to players if you are only trading with one character put it in jita because that's where everything happens and that's where you're going to have the most versatility in your investments and you're going to have the most opportunity to make money so that's jita the second biggest trade hub is amar in the domain region amar used to be the solid number two it is It has been impacted a little bit by the nyarja incident but not that much so um, be on the lookout on maybe uh, trade being reduced a little bit in amar but um, still uh, a big trade hub where lots of uh, trade is happening the third biggest is already the player uh, structure in perimeter tranquility trading hub that we talked about in this episode today Um, It uh, is essentially there because a lot of people are either putting buy orders in it for Jita, or because people are trading very very high value uh, items like Plex or injectors or extractors there uh, to save uh, and broker fees. The number four is Dodixie in the Cinque laison the Galente region. Uh, Dodixie is already much smaller but um, it has seen a recent uptick so it's possible that um, we will see Dodixie playing a larger role in the future. You then have uh, some some smaller trade hubs that are Renz or, or Heck in Haimatar uh, or the Metropolis regions uh, and then you also have the Tranquility Trade and Production Center in Ashab, which is one jump from Amar that we also talked about earlier that Um, still has a quite significant value by the way the if you're looking for the hub that is one jump from Dodixie, then uh, that is the i choose you market and industry hub that is in uh, botane and this is also a player run structure so if you're looking for a place to put your buy orders one jump out from Dodixie, then that is the place to go Really excited today uh, as our first guest on the the podcast ever, we have a very famous member of the community, a member of the the CSM, the player representation body, uh, the leader of Test Alliance, Please Ignore, uh, who are currently involved in a big war, as most of you will know. And more importantly, he is also the manager and owner of the Tranquility Trading Tower, the structure in Perimeter that I always tell you guys to put your buy orders in. So, Vili, welcome to the show thanks for having me so the first question i have um, is really behind the the motivation of uh, of launching the tranquility trading tower i mean it's uh, i imagine it's uh, not only a lot of work uh, but also very exciting so can you tell me a little bit about why did you start it uh, what was the motivation in the beginning and uh, and how did you go about it
1: well the history of the tranquility trading tower dates back to before there was a ttt Uh, at the time it was a kind of series of four desires that was controlled by a variety of groups, uh, primarily at the time when we took it, uh, I choose you, who were being backed by Pandemic Horde at the time. And as part of a military campaign, we saw an opportunity to take that asset off the board for Pandemic Horde. And we moved up into Losek near there and began sieging uh, the structures in perimeter, we cleared Uh, The vast majority of them, and we were then in the process of setting up our own Fortizar when we became aware that a Keepstar was for sale nearby, Uh, formerly the Allunin Keepstar that Madderall was selling. uh, That day, basically, he had kind of mentioned it. We're like, oh, let's just go grab that and do it that way. And that is kind of the way in which the TTT became a Keepstar more than anything. Uh, Obviously... Uh, we had would have preferred to start with a keep star uh, if we had one, but obviously we didn't at the time, just because it's so much more of a kind of permanence symbol than your standard Fortizar. And obviously there's a massive amount of strategic uh, benefits to utilizing a Fortizar compared to a Fortizar. Uh, obviously, we did this with the intent of taking, you know, an asset off the board for Horde and taking it for ourselves. And over time, you know, our... Uh, feelings and kind of interaction with the the towers itself is kind of evolved, I guess. And you know, we now try to offer uh, a service to all of New Eden r- rather than just you know try and hold this uh, structure that makes us some money.
0: So the early motivation was more you know taking something from from an enemy, but um, uh, today it's mostly about making money, right?
1: It's all about making money. Um, I mean, it, the, don't get me wrong. Uh, if it didn't make money nobody'd be here but uh, the ability to provide kind of a safe haven and a service and you know the opportunity to kind of give back a little bit to the community by providing things that they might not otherwise be able to have it's definitely a small component of it as well. you know there, there's a certain reward to helping out and uh, you know as a big alliance that's always focusing on political, means sometimes it's uh it's preferable to
0: do that (laughs) not to go on this question already this early but i'm sure uh, a lot of people are are wondering or or know this already but uh, can you talk a little bit about the revenue structure and who would get gets paid out to
1: yeah so when we originally put up the tower it was just test uh but you know as soon as horde was no longer distracted with what they were doing at the time they began to try to take back their asset and eventually uh, we were put in a position, a position where we were engaged in war over the Tranquility Trading Tower, uh, and that resulted in kind of this constant stream of battles uh, that took place for the better part of a month and a half, I believe, between uh, Test and the Imperium and PL and NC and Horde and all the rest. And the the combat meta for sec was just not very... Uh, fun let's say a lot of the tactical strategies are just it 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 evolves basically to two people fighting in the mud and uh you know a decision was made that we would kind of rather than fight each other for it we would collaborate and split the profits so that all sides would receive some revenue uh, and that would make the tower that much more safer because then you've removed the vast majority of large Uh, possible attackers, you provide stability, you enable the tower to uh, be to a degree almost unattackable, unassailable. And so that would, in essence, uh, the theory was uh, create enough stability that we could over time grow the market and create uh, a a stable trading platform that people would choose to use.
0: And it sounds like that's working, right? Because we have a big war going on right now and, uh, uh, and it's still standing. So it seems like the plan is working, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, the original revenues of the TTT, when we took it uh, from Horde, were you know, about one third to one quarter of where the revenues are at now. So we've definitely grown the market uh, over time. Uh, obviously the Plex and uh, injector trade is moderately stable, although that has grown as well, as people are more able to rely on the TTT always being there and they don't have to utilize JITA. But uh, the biggest area of growth we've seen over the last uh, year or so has been in uh, the large manufacturable index. So like the, your tritanium and your compressed ore and all the big items that people generally aren't super happy to move into Jita uh, because usually they're coming right back at a Jita to be produced with. So uh, that's been the biggest area we've seen uh, market growth. But obviously uh, there's a burgeoning market for ships, for modules, etc we're we're never gonna well i shouldn't say we're never gonna compete with cheetah but uh we're certainly not uh you know competitive with cheetah for those things right now Uh, but uh you know as we continue to work towards the future that's definitely a possibility or something we hope for
0: and did the the market patch in, in march uh i imagine that also increased your revenues right if you're saying that it used to be about a quarter of where it's where it's at now but um relisting fees and 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 those changes in march they they must have helped right
1: uh, they helped a little bit but not as much as uh most people uh, kind of assume The the relisting fees don't actually add up to all that much for uh actual like trading revenue the the point zero zero three or whatever it is uh of the you know cost it, it just it doesn't add up to a, a ton from what i've seen i don't think our revenues increased by more than five or ten percent uh, with that patch
0: okay but you've had to increase the the fee to 1%, uh, half of which is going uh, out of the game now. So that increased it a little bit, right? The revenues. Uh,
1: the, the minimum is now 1% with half going to CCP, yeah. meaning that we get 0.5% uh, uh, of the tax revenue. Uh, I know that it used to be a point zero three, and then, you know, the other kind of partners, uh, owners of the, the tower had kind of said, eh, uh, you know, it'd be better if it, it was higher and you know <laughs> my, my original thoughts of you know mitani and vince never being on the same page because they were blood enemies at the time uh you know was obviously kind of uh, changed let's say so uh you know then it, the tax went up so it was either a point zero point four or a point three uh when uh, that patch hit so i i don't think there was actually a large growth in revenue since so it all, all the, the only real area where it really helped us was it it essentially forced a lot of the competition out of the market because all of the spam trade ass bells that would be undercut us could no longer undercut us since we were now at the minimum and nobody's going to go bother put their stuff in some random trade citadel unless it's their own you know when that trade citadel is going to die in a week so all
0: right so talking about other citadels or other structures in space there are a few i choose you um, structures um, all around uh, new eden but you clearly have the market in Jita and uh, and in the MR space, right? So how do you handle competition?
1: So basically, uh, the Tranquility Trading Corporation oper- operates entirely in uh, the Forage region, uh, with a minor kind of arm in Ignition to you know ensure logistical supply chains from Nullsec to Perimeter. Uh, every other region in the game, uh, aside from Domain, uh, you know, is we don't touch. Uh, and for the most part, that means that I choose you uh, manages those regions, and uh, I think he does that with the support of Horde and a variety of high-sec mercenaries. And he uh, he runs a pretty solid business. He uh, he operates a little differently than we do, but you know he's uh, he's a businessman at heart too. So uh, you know he's uh, he's got a good control over all of the other regions. Uh, domain is not operated by the Tranquility Trading Corporation itself, although it is part of the consortium. And that uh, Sotio is run by a merge, like a a number of groups uh, that is kind of spearheaded by uh, Goonswarm. So the Domain one is primarily their uh, baby.
0: So speaking of uh, of, of Amar, um, I've talked about on my stream quite a bit about the impact that the Niarja incidents had. Uh, are you seeing uh, any uh, any effects there?
1: Almost none, honestly. Um, I, I think people expected that all of the trade would just dry up and that you know half of the galaxy's resources would just stop coming into the primary hub of the game. But the reality is. Um, people still have jump freighters and anything that needs to be moved can be moved. And on top of that, uh, uh, you know, you know, it, it's not just a matter of resources, but it's also a matter of customers, right? And it means that a lot of the customers that traditionally would be buying an Amar are no longer buying in Amar because they can't get there easily and they don't want to go there. So, you know, while the supply may have gone up, the demand has gone down. And, and from what I've seen for the most part, the curve has not changed drastically and in the ways that it has it's usually been negative for the domain regional market i i I don't i don't know what data you have i haven't
0: uh yes i we haven't seen any uh, any dramatic changes in the data uh, for sure uh what um what i figured it would come down to is local demand if you see the local demand then amar will survive the way it it has been surviving but um, there are a lot of factors impacting the demand that is coming from outside of the region and that's just it's going to have to go down so overall uh, there's there's in my eyes there's no way that amar is not going to lose business over over this uh, so trade volume basically but that doesn't mean that the the hub is dying because you know there's there's local demand there there's people there it's just not going to be as big as before it just means that the ttt might might catch amar as a on uh, based on volume as the second highest trade up (laughs)
1: Yeah, well i mean we are working towards it we, we've kind of got a long-term strategy uh that we're we're taking to do that uh my guess is that amar will stabilize at some point it might lose another five or ten percent but uh, you, you know it is still kind of its own market and you know when there is uh demand supply will rush to meet it in eve online uh, people will go where the profit is and you know if the customers are there people will find a way
0: absolutely so you uh, you briefly mentioned Ignoiton there. I I wanted to ask you about that anyway because not only is there I think uh, there's a Triglavian invasion going on right right now, but um, that that would matter a lot if it uh, if it had already built up as a um, as a huge trade up. But that that hasn't really panned out yet, has it?
1: No. So I had higher hopes for what Ignoiton would become. Uh, I I had hoped that you know I could build this kind of burgeoning low sec market and see how how you know. I don't know, tr- trying to do nice things, make some money and, and provide things that otherwise people wouldn't have. So obviously the reactor there is getting some business, but it's uh, not making near as much money as it would have hoped. Although it has had a drastic effect on uh, uh, composite reactions and you know the price of some uh, components in JITA. Uh, so I- I'm happy to have made that kind of minimal difference. Uh, the capital production facility sees some use, although not near as much as I would have hoped. And obviously the Keepstar sees some super trading But once again, you know, I I, I kind of a higher dream in terms of how much, uh, you know, activity we would see. Uh, And I think that's just a function of the way LOSEC works, uh, that it's not more. But uh, regardless, uh, you know, once you make the initial investment with these things, for the most part, they're very, uh, they're very, how would I say this? low maintenance <laughs> they're, they're low maintenance yeah that'd be like i, I got to do some work jump rating of fuel every once in a while but for the most part that's uh that's pretty tolerable i guess you would say it's, it's something i'm not uh unused to doing at this point
0: point. and while ignoiden is, is low maintenance uh, i imagine the triple t isn't really right you um you have to put in quite a bit of work or or is it just something you do in, in five minutes every day
1: uh it's a little bit of both uh you know it, it is what you make of it i could certainly uh uh just you know loaded up with fuel for a year which it is currently actually but uh you know there's a ton of different ways in which you can kind of work on the maintenance that uh, all play a a role uh you know the maintenance maintenance of the diplomatic relations is a big one um obviously i stock the kind of cache of ships that protects the ttt uh and the (laughs) the building of thousands of feroxes has not been uh (laughs) convenient process let's say but uh there's a variety of things you know i do that i i don't always necessarily want to talk about but are uh are useful and obviously i enjoy the the trading game a little bit and uh use that character to do so from time to time it's uh it's good
0: cool so where do you uh where do you see it going um i mean the the obligatory question is, uh, you know, we have a war. It's apparently it's the agreement is surviving. There are people saying, "Hey, you know, this is uh, this is all that's 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 wrong with Eve because uh, it's existing uh, despite the war." Uh, you can also look at it in terms of, well, you know, I mean, it's the one is business, uh, the other is is war. So where do you see it going?
1: So, at, at the moment, uh, obviously, my hope is that it continues to survive throughout the war. That would be obviously. Uh, the first goal, uh, I, I'd rather if it didn't just get itself killed. Uh, and obviously, even if, you know, things took a turn for the worst, I'm not sure, necessarily sure that would happen. But, you know, certainly it's a possibility. But in terms of the long term, I, I would absolutely, you know, the goal that we're kind of pushing towards is trying to supplement Gita bit by bit. Uh, we still got to overcome MR, but the reality is, Jita uh, will come you know beating Jita will come pretty naturally if uh, once you can hit the kind of point where people can reliably get everything they want from one location then why would they go to the other right so uh, our goal has kind of been working towards gaining control of market segments one by one bit by bit and you know we're starting to do that in a lot of the industrial sectors and if we can uh, really get control of enough of them, then bit by bit, we'll probably see a larger percentage of that production Canadian to move to perimeter, which will mean more of the ships are reliably viable there. And bit by bit, uh, you know, we move up the chain and we've got a couple plans to kind of spiral that movement into a much quicker uh, situation. But for the most part, uh, you know, we're taking it very slow. It's kind of a five year plan and working towards uh, working towards our goals.
0: It could be argued that allowing more competition to exist would actually quicken the transition from JIDA to player structures, because the way it is now, there's still going to be, um, you know, I don't know if it's a majority or it's probably a minority, but um, of people saying, well, you know, I don't want to uh, transfer everything to, to the Triple T because I don't want to hand over all of my money to, to the big null alliances.
1: I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think they're right to a degree. I I wouldn't necessarily want to fund people I don't like either, but, you know, most people don't like, you know, big banks in real life either. Right. But they still recognize that the big banks are where you want to invest your money. And, you know, we kind of aim to operate in that kind of same method to a degree where, you know, regardless of what you think about us, you know, we are, the best business practice for the day that we're the best place to invest your money. We're the safest place to trade. We are old, reliable, old faithful kind of thing. Uh, and obviously if there were more player run structures, then sure, there's more opportunities for competition, but the player trading market, uh, how would I call this? The amount of people willing to trade in player markets is not, large enough that i think it would matter uh like all, all we would be doing is splitting off the 10 or 15 percent of people that are trading in those markets into you know progressively smaller groups which would then you know diminish overall what we're trying to do
0: it's quite possible that um that was my stream i'm converting about a dozen people a day <laughs> towards the triple t uh because yeah it's... that wouldn't surprise me
1: at all like you know sometimes it's just about you know people looking at something and realizing uh maybe they're not that bad maybe they're just trying to do business right and i i think i i know for us the the goal isn't to you know represent our nullsec alliance like the goal is just to provide a good good business. That's all all the TTD is trying to do. It's to say you want to trade, here's a good place to do it. And if you want to, you know, your stuff is safe, we offer the best, you know, we can do for that. Cuz obviously, you know, any player station in um in high sec has got a significant amount of vulnerabilities that are going to draw attention. So if, if we, you know, say we're the safest and it's not even close, then people might go, oh, "Okay. And if at the same time we're operating the best business practices, we're operating, uh, you know, the cleanest operation with the lowest margins, you know, it, it's kind of the dream world in, in business, right? Offer the best service at the best price. Uh, usually you don't get that, but uh, that, that's kind of what we aim to do. And obviously, you know, we have people who aren't our fans because either they're jealous or they're... Um, interested in kind of jumping in on our market share, or they you know, truly think that we are something that is not good for the game, which in some cases is their opinion. Uh, It it doesn't change the fact that we're just going to continue to try and sit here and do what we can do. Do you think you're good for the game? Absolutely. I I don't even think it's a question. Um, I I think a lot of the discussion around are you good for the game, etc., Uh, generally comes from people who don't really understand either A, what we do, B, you know, where and how the money, uh, the revenue we generate is utilized or people who really understand what it's like to be a new player anymore. Uh, Usually the people that complain about the TTT are people who don't, you know, trade in stations or who, you know, trade out of Jita and, you know, make no money. Like it's hard for me to describe uh, like I, 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 one thing I do as part of the, you know, running the TT is I generally talk to a lot of new players, newer traders, cause I constantly get random emails on that character and I generally try to answer them. And, you know, when I try to explain to them, it's like, you know, if you trade here, it costs you this much less in, you know, tax and it's in a, to a degree, almost the only way to be competitive, Uh, you know, you can, you can see that excitement in them and you're like, ah, you know, I'm making a difference here. And the fact that they don't have to then worry about all their assets getting destroyed, uh, is a pretty big thing. So I'm not going to say we're perfect, but I definitely feel like, uh, we are better than all of the alternatives. And I think that the revenue that we generate leads to the health of the game in ways that most people don't really understand.
0: I mean, it's basically funneling high sec isk to low sec, right? Where it's, it's, it's blown up or whatever.
1: (laughs) Well, usually what it does is it takes, uh, the money that would be generated otherwise, and it puts it into empire level Alliance wallets. And those wallets then are used to fund SRP programs where people go out and shoot stuff and have fun. Like, uh, you know. The, the fact that, you know, somebody might not like those alliances doesn't change the fact that for the most part, what we do is, for the most part, just help generate content in the galaxy.
0: Yeah, I think the last point is, uh, uh, is, is much better than the first because, I mean... Just by by allowing people to to keep more of the money that they trade with or that, that they play with, that's more of a game mechanic than a, an indicator of a of a healthy uh, of a healthy game, right? But if you're saying, um, you know, in, in the end, you're creating content because you're 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 funneling ISK to to people and programs that are able to create the content uh, from people that are not able to create that type of content, then uh, then, then I would agree with that.
1: Yeah, I I mean, there's no single reason, right? And if you ever try to, you know, say there, you know, this is the reason we're good. Usually that reason has a tendency to fall apart pretty quick. It's a variety of reasons why what we do is good. And obviously, you know, our detractors will say that, you know, we're bad, but I I don't know what to say. You know, it's when somebody calls you evil, what do you say? Just like, sorry, I'm just trying to do what I'm trying to do
0: well i mean in the end it's 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 also a game and uh uh, and i think anyone that has the opportunity to create something uh extraordinary uh, or something controversial or something um like like this uh i I, I wouldn't even think twice about, uh, about doing something like that. So I think in the end, uh, it also has to be seen in the context of, hey, it's a game and, uh, and, and it's something that people talk about. And just by it being discussed and being talked about, it's, uh, it's a great thing. By the way, I like your, I like your bank analogy um, because I, I think it's very fitting. I, people invest in banks, they don't really like banks. Uh, the, the only flaw in that analogy is that right now, uh, there's a I think uh, banks aren't the ones winning anymore. They're losing a lot of customers to, to, to fintech startups. So I'm, I'm, I'm waiting for that fintech startup to displace uh, you guys. I will
1: not get into a long conversation with you about the viability of fintech startups, but uh, <laughs> suffice it to say, uh, bring them on.
0: Well, that's a that's a that's a good uh, good last word. Then, Willie, uh, thanks so much for uh, for joining us today, for being the first guest uh, on the show. Uh, hopefully, the first of many. Uh, and uh, looking forward to to seeing you around. And uh, uh, and whether you're for the triple T or against the triple T, I think you can't deny that uh, that you are creating some some good content and some good uh, discussions. And uh, and yeah, thanks for for always being a, a nice guy and always uh, willing to talk to us. Uh, and uh, good luck with everything. Cheers. Thanks. So because Villy was our guest this week, the profits that are made from the Triple T have to be the data point of the week, right? So I put an infographic out uh, el- earlier this year that I also posted on Reddit that caused a lot of uh, discussions uh, where my the idea behind was that I wanted to show a data point about a part of EVE that not a lot of people think about. So back then I said that the revenues were about 2.2 trillion a month. By now I've talked to a lot of people about it, um, had a lot of discussions including one with Vili and the actual number may be a little bit lower, but the fact of the matter is it's a lot of cash that is generated there every month uh, and it will probably be between 1.5 and 2 trillion uh, depending on whether they're having a good or a bad month and whether people are uh, trading a lot uh, or not. So that's just uh, something that, uh, you know, I'm not going to say it's good or bad based on the discussion today, but it's something that is important for you to know uh, and to consider when you're out there trading and out there making decisions on how you're going to play the game. So the item group I want to recommend today as a great trade item is Abyssal Filaments. Abyssal filaments are used in the game to enter abyssal space, um, a PvE part of the game that is a ton of fun, I can only recommend you try it. Uh, They come in seven different difficulty tiers, so tier 0 to tier 6, and each of these tiers uh, have five different weather patterns, so for example exotic, gamma, or dark. These filaments are great for three reasons. One, not only are they used to enter abyssal space, but they are also dropped from abyssal space, so you will have... Um, plenty of people running these uh, these pve rooms uh, looting these abyssal filaments and then dropping them on the markets the drops are not always the drops that you're looking for so the drops can be any uh, tier or any weather pattern so a lot of people just at the end of the their their day when they're done running these these filaments they dump the filaments on the market that means you have a ton of trade, lots of buy orders being fulfilled, lots of uh, sell orders being fulfilled, and typically that's a great indication of, um, of margins, of product moving. Um, so it, uh, it's a lot of turnover on the market, lots of money-making opportunities for you. The second reason is that they come in these different tiers. So no matter how big your investment uh, is that you want to make, or the capital is that you have to invest, you can always find one that, is, uh, that fits your wallet. So if you're just starting out, you can try tier zero, tier one, tier two, uh, because they are um, you know, typically quite cheap. And if you're, you want to invest large sums of money, you can go to tier four, tier five, and uh, tier six. The third reason why they're such a great trade item is uh, their price volatility. So a lot of these are fluctuating in price quite frequently because the meta changes. Each of the abyssal weather patterns uh, have different buffs or debuffs to certain modules or ship attributes. So whenever there's a new ship uh, or module uh, released or whenever there is a patch in the game that changes certain attributes, the meta changes and the price for these uh, abyssal filaments varies with it. So my recommendation would be, before you start trading in these, actually go out and experience abyssal space. It's going to make you understand the market a whole lot better. Uh, And besides that, it's fantastic PVE content that uh, is tons of fun. So um, go out there, have some fun, and then get rich off of trading these abyssal filaments. All right, that wraps up episode one of Climbing the Curve. Thank you all for tuning in. If you want to check out my other content, you can find me on Twitch at Oz underscore Eve or on YouTube slash Oz Eve. And if you like what I'm doing here, then I would appreciate your support on Patreon.com slash Oz Eve. Thank you to all the patrons out there. And thank you specifically to the Tycoons, Reinhold, Frosty Goblin, Xena Jax, Laddie, The One Valentine, Oniku, Giri and Rashid without you guys this wouldn't be possible make sure you guys also join our discord you can find it linked on pretty much all the channels and in the show notes all right thanks for tuning in and you all go out there and make that is